right, welcome back to another episode of Relish the Journey, a podcast about the many different pathways of life and the stories that every person out there has to share. I am your host, Miles Biggs, and my guest today is a very good friend, good childhood friend of mine, Paul McCarthy, joining me from the beautiful Green Mountain state of Vermont. So, Paul, thanks. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm so excited. You know, it was a beautiful day here in Vermont, actually, that you brought it up, you know. Oh, yeah, what's, it up here. what's the weather in Vermont here? Um, It was like 70-ish. It was partly cloudy, but the morning was super sunny. It was nice. And this earlier this week, we got all the way up to 80 in Burlington. Oh, wow. Um, kind of in the valley, you know, that's the first time we've, like, hit even close to that. So no more um, snow? Yeah, no, well, no more snow, but they're still skiing. I skied on Sunday, skied on Mount Mansfield. It's a lot of fun. Um, if I wasn't going to Pennsylvania this weekend, I'd probably ski this weekend too. Um, so, so but, when, you, you know, when you ski in May, it's May as we record this. Yeah. Is it fake snow or is it still residual, like real snow up there? Um, so depending on where you go. So, the, say Sunday, I skied up snow up to Mount Mansfield. Um, so on snow, it's probably a mixture at this point, but on top of Mansfield, it's all natural snow, but it's not completely covered anymore. Um, we had gotten some rain and stuff, but, you know, it's still skiable, but everything up high, probably above, I'd say 3,000 feet is all natural. And then anything that's left outside of the resorts is all natural, but, and on resort is definitely a mixture. So this might be a random question. As, you, as we talk, it's something I've always wondered and never had a chance to ask somebody. What is fake snow? Like, is it really just straight up ice that's shot out of a machine, or is there something else? Well, in? actually, Morgan would be a better person to have asked about this because um, he worked at Blue Mountain. But from my limited knowledge of snowmaking, it's basically just water. It's compressed and shot through the snow guns at specific temperature. And turns into snow, and it's more it's not the same consistency as like natural snow. Most of the time, there's lots of different types of snow, but it's more I don't know. It's better for like grooming and you know getting a base type of snow. You know, it's not usually like light and fluffy like you see in those powder videos. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I want to start way way back, probably. Jeez, dude, almost 20, uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, it's insane to think about. Um, I think about it all the time. It's nuts. And I've talked to, I talked to Morgan about this a lot, just that period in our lives and how we all landed in the same little swim club that is Stones Crossing Swim Club. But, and it's, yeah, shout out, right? Um, I don't, it's one of those things with you, I don't remember when. We first started hanging out specifically because our group just kind of over the years morphed and people yeah, came and went. Sure. And then all of a sudden there was a core group of us that just didn't go anywhere, you know? Yeah, I don't really know exactly. Like I can't I remember the first, the, the first day I met you. I, I don't remember what that day no was. It was just no accumulate, accumulation of a lot of days and you were yeah, just there. Cause it started out when I, when I first moved, it was just Wade and it was me and Wade for a while. And then Morgan moved. It was me, Wade, and Morgan. And then somewhere along the line, we picked up, I think, Jake first because he was older. And then you. 
and then like CJ and then Cole Clark. Yeah, I I, yeah, those kind of guys kind of, yeah, came in and out. Like, you know? like, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just really think, like when I moved there, uh, I don't know. I think it was just so happened that there's that club, the Stones was up the road for me. We could all walk there. So when did you and, so when did you move to that area? Uh, I think it was like 2000, 2001, you know, around that time. I was in the third grade, or I just, or I was about to start the third grade. That's my best time insignia, you know. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it was around that time. So you were then probably, because that's about when I, when I moved, was third, fourth grade. So you're probably eight, nine years old then. Yeah, somewhere around there. Like, it was definitely like around 2000, 2001. Gotcha. Well, that fits, that fits the, uh. Fits the time yeah. sequence then, because that would have been three years, two, three years after I moved there. So yeah, that fits. Well, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Anyway, I don't remember meeting you for the first time, as weird as that sounds. But then, what I when I remember other things in this, but what stands out to me, and I think is funny enough worth discussing on this, is your emo stage. I call oh, it yeah. or punk rock or whatever it is, Dude, however I, you describe it. But to the extent of probably ten or eleven year old you was wearing jeans oh, yeah. and hoodies, pants, dude, in yeah, the with the strings hanging off the side. I remember those things. And in the summer, so it's ninety degrees, yeah. and you're walking yeah. around in hoodie and parachute pants. And your yeah. solution to this was wearing Under Armour like cool, like cool yeah. texture wickaway yeah. stuff. Pretty. That's when it just first came out too. I didn't realize what I discovered. And then like studded bracelets and mm-hmm. you yeah, went man. you went all in all in yeah for sure I was definitely the most out of all of us so zero for zero reasons. I was gonna say my next question to that is what made you so emo what made you decide I don't know, man. I'm gonna dress this way I don't know man I don't know like uh, I guess around that time I would, I, the only thing I could say does is I was discovering like metal music and stuff like that you know like i remember uh probably as as lame as it sounds now to me but like rob zombie i remember that and then that kind of morphed into me being like oh yeah teenage angst and then you know somewhere along the line progressed to other stuff and it was just always always on the emo side i don't know why don't know why i like that like tattoos and stuff. Always wanted a tattoo as a kid, and eventually got lots of tattoos. But um, I don't know. I was always drawn for that. I don't think I really had a good reason. Cause I had a good, I had a good childhood. My parents were great. <laughs> yeah. My parent, my dad was a little strict, but he chilled out after a while. Um, but you know, like there's nothing to complain about. Uh, I, mean, I, was, I was the same. I didn't dress that way, but I listened to yeah. the same kind of music. I, but I think it, everybody has. A well, dude, remember like. Songs from, you know, they weren't Rob Zombie, but even bands like as mainstream as Simple Plan, where it was like, oh yeah, I'm just a kid and life's a nightmare, or oh, man, yeah. that kind of stuff. And then uh, My Chemical Romance so and oh, yeah. I'm Not Okay. Census. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, it comes up, it still comes up on my Spotify playlist. I have to, I have to next it because it's not about it. It's not about it can't do it anymore, but I still listen to metal music to this day, you know, you remember Under Oath, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you just came out with a new, uh, new uh, album. It's wicked good. You know, I saw, you know, I still go out with a, a metal show in Montreal, Canada uh, in January with Amy. Super fun. You know, still, still enjoy it to this day. You break out the studded bracelets and the Under Armour and you just go, it's you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk about that. <laughs> well, oh, man. So, when did, one thing I talked to Morgan a lot about too, and I didn't listen, you didn't, said you didn't listen to that one yet, but our, we liked that kind of music so much, we decided that we should do it ourselves. I'm not sure what you're talking about this. Or would it? I'm trying to block this area out of my life. Well, it's, I know one person that still has a CD. Oh, really? It's up in Vermont, yeah. It's Jake's little cousin. I don't know if he still has it, but um, they yeah. busted it out one time when I was over like at his Jake's on my uncle's house. I don't know why they have it, but oh, man, I was just like, no, 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 don't do it. <laughs> no, that was so much fun. It was funny when I first started this podcast, and I was thinking, man, I need a really sweet intro song. Oh, and, and I was, you did that. well, hold, let me just, let me tell the story. <laughs> so I'm like, man, cause I'm searching, I got to find stuff that I like licensing or I don't really want to pay for a song. Uh-huh. And in my mind, that song we did called CSI got nothing on me had that oh, sweet guitar riff that in my yeah. head was this beautifully mastered, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that'd be sweet. I could come in and so I Googled it. I will not say the name because I don't want to open us up to that, but I Googled it, found it, <laughs> was able to download it off MySpace, wow, it's which still is it's still crazy. So if you want to feel nostalgic, go find it. It's still on MySpace and Pure Volume. Um, wow. Downloaded yeah, it, opened it into an editing software, listened to it, and it is not the beautifully mastered thing that was in my head. And no. I ended not. up not using it and used something different, but... But I think it's still a fun thing to talk about. Morgan, oh, I spent yeah. time on this. Like, sure. dude, think about it. how many people do you know that had the the balls to just put themselves out there like that, like we did, and sell tickets yeah. and hawk CDs <laughs> and play live shows and. Not many people. Not everybody. So looking. So everybody wants a lot of people want to. So looking back on that, it's obviously embarrassing because we weren't that <laughs> that great. But what do you think? I mean, talking about. The journey, right? What do you think you took away from that stage of your life that you still have with you now? I don't know. Probably just like good times with friends, man. Like we always had so much fun together, you know. Uh, you know, I I harp on it a lot, but it, it was so much fun. We all had a great time, and you know, it was just one chapter and many chapters of our friendship over the years, you know. Yeah. So you know, just that it was just fun. Man. It was definitely the outlet for those angsty years, as you said. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Very angsty. Surprise girls kept dating us after all the songs we wrote. <sighs> yeah. Came out I about mean, all the... We were like the male versions of Taylor Swift. <laughs> with just yeah, calling people one? out. What's the, other, what's the other one that has all the ballads? Another um, um, uh, band that has all the ballads? No, what was that? What was I forget. Um, I mean, she sang a song for James Bond. No, I don't know. You would know it. Probably if I, I heard it. Oh, well. So it's funny that you brought up something else too, moving off of that, so you don't 
get worried that the whole world's going to find out that secret side of your life now. But you mentioned tattoos before and that you always wanted to have a bunch of tattoos. I actually wrote that down as a bullet point that I didn't want to forget. So talk to me about that. How many tattoos do you have now? Um, I have nine right now. Nine tattoos? Um, actually, I'm about to get my tenth. Um, uh, June 16th, I think it is. Um, Oh, um, for some reason I was just drawn to it, and you know I think uh, over over the years of like understanding where it's all come from, like it's a cool part of you know I mean millions or maybe not millions, but hundreds of thousands of years of tattooing, and you know it's always been kind of the taboo thing. But, you know, there's such amazing artists. Like, I'm not a very, I can't draw very well. And I wish I could. But, you know, it's like I got these cool little pieces of art on my body that I'm going to have forever. And, you know, and it's, like, cool to be a part of uh, a thing that's been going on for thousands of years. You know, whether it's, you know, traditional tattoo styles that you see in, like, uh, Tibet, where they're like poking you, hitting you with like a, oh, yeah. uh, I forget what it's called, but like a long, um, oh, you know. needle. Yeah, and, and they like uh, hit it with another like stick. A rock, yeah. you know, so, like, something that evolves to that, to, you know, some of the amazing, you know, works of art that people put on their bodies and get put on their bodies. Like, it's, it's amazing to me, really. And, I can carry a, a piece of art for me forever, you know. So nine. I think I know of like three or four. Like you have, you have Maxwell's paw print. You've yeah. got a peace sign. You've yeah, got that's my first one. The peace sign was the first one. Yeah, yeah, up on the side, man. That was that was. Oh man, that's a story. Hold on. So I was probably a few days after I turned eighteen, right, and um. I was still in high school. It was my senior year, and my friend Idaho. Do you remember Idaho? Idaho, very vague, very vaguely. He like came into like my school senior year with, uh, with me, but I don't know. We became friends, and he got this tattoo. And looking back on it, like now what I like, know is so bad. You know, it was his last name on his back. You know. Oh god. So like, yeah, it was so like. But so I was like, yeah, like, I'm 18 now, I can do whatever I want. And so I go to this guy's house, right, and it was just, looking back on it, like, I, I just, like, such a bad decision that started a really addicting, you know, part of my life. But, you know, I just go to this guy's house and, like, he checks my ID and, like, I don't know, it was just so bad. I had to get it. I, that's like one of the tattoos I had to get really redone just because the first time, yeah, it was just, uh, it was a bad decision. But you know, I feel like anytime so, you go to some guy's house for a tattoo, yeah, unless you're unless cool. you're a millionaire and it's uh, like a concierge tattoo artist, yeah, yeah, just don't do that. No, never, never do that again. So um, there's that but, one, and then there's that like skull helmet or whatever on your arm. I don't know what you call that. Yeah, like the, well, the big, so, like, one of the big ones that I've got, like, the last one I got, or the second last one I got, was that Viking skull mask. Um, that was just, like, an original 
sketch uh, artist that I liked had in his book, and he hadn't tattooed it on anybody yet. And I had another one from him that is, you know, kind of along the same line. It's a, a woman with tribal tattoo, tribal markings on her face with a, an owl headdress on. It's pretty cool, super intricate, all black and gray. Um, so it kind of fits both, you know, you know, there's like almost a, a yin and a yang to it, kind of, I, I feel like is what I was going for. But yeah, I have those two big ones, I have one on my wrist, I have one on my knuckles, I have the Bethlehem Star on my knuckles. Um, gotta always remember all the fun times we had in Bethlehem, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got one on the back of my, behind my ear, my me and my sister, uh, like after she turned 18. Uh, we got, or she wanted a tattoo and she wanted to go with her big brother, so we got tattoos together. Um, which was fun, and now she's got, uh, I think she has three tattoos now, which is funny. She's got a really nice one of like a mountain range on her back. Oh wow. And, uh, she didn't, have a, never struck me as a tattoo person. Yeah, no, it's, she's kind of blossomed in the last, you know, Two years, especially, I think. That's cool. Yeah, and she's about to graduate. Like that's why I'm going to Pennsylvania this weekend. You know, graduate college. That's so she's wild. 20, she's 21. She'll be forever, right. like I don't know, like six in my brain. Yeah, for sure. She was just always your little sister. Oh uh, yeah, man. And you're older than me, so she's like super young. Yeah. And then you got that pug on your calf. Yep, pug in the top hat, cartoony style, you know. But, uh, yeah, and then I'm going to get uh, a ketchup bottle for my sister on my leg, like, on the other side of my calf, and I want to get some stuff from my parents uh, after that. So after that, who knows? Like, when you say get some stuff for your parents, are your parents excited about you getting a tattoo, quote-unquote, for them? I don't know. I wouldn't really say that. I mean, I think... I think, I don't know, they don't like, it's not that they don't like that I have tattoos, but, you know, they're my parents, so they're always going to be like, oh, you know, yeah. I'm trying to look out for the best of me, but, you know, they like them, and, you know, especially my later, my, my latest ones are super intricate, they can appreciate the art of it, I guess, right. but, you know. Yeah, it's not a peace sign you got in the basement of some guy's house. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the whole than they are now, it was like the counterculture you know, back then, for yeah. sure. Like biker games, right? And, you know, kind of it's definitely become more mainstream in the last you know decade or so, but maybe more. But, um, you know, still, still get the looks from the people. So, have you, always, funny, have you always had like, like you have scheduled appointments for your you said, right? Yeah, have you always done it that way, depending on the
that's like a walk-in appointment kind of deal. Some of the smaller ones are walk-ins, but you know, anything bigger, uh, custom, you know, it's going to be a weight, you know, especially if they're desired artists right. or like, you know, usually, usually people become, you know, get a name for themselves and Instagram has definitely helped social media in general has helped many businesses, but Oh yeah. I know each time. So I have two, and I've just gone. Well, so yeah, what's your second one? I know you have the lamb. Yeah, so I got one of mine is uh, it's a Greek saying, "Kalapata kala" is how you pronounce it, but it means not without labor. And it was one of my fraternity's open mottos, and I got that in college. It's kind of like my ode to college. I got it senior year, and it was one of, similar. I'm like. I'm not 18. I can do whatever the hell I want. I'm like I'm 22. I've always wanted one. No one in my family has them. It was this taboo thing for my family. I yeah, think my mom. Sure. I think my mom. Your mom. I think my mom cried. I think she did. Oh, After when she'll we'll show this into this and she'll we'll relive this story when she goes back. Your mom and Wayne's yeah. mom for yeah. sure. 100 percent criers over that kind of so, stuff. I know she listens to every single episode. So hi mom. I'm sorry. I love you. Yeah, but <laughs> but. So I just got it for me. It was one of those things where like, I'm leaving college and be on my own. Like I'm just gonna do it. And to me, I love the saying. It was you know, you're not gonna get anywhere without working hard and that kind of thing. So I got that yeah. one. It's a big part of your life too. That yeah, era, like, it was. It was, I mean, it was. That's why I got like the best star on my knuckle. You know, like I was leaving, you know, a place I lived for you know ten years. I had a lot of great memories, like my family, friends, and stuff. You know. Yep, I agree. So it's kind of, I mean. You're, you're so look you look at it. Remember, yeah, you, you look know. at it. You're not gonna be like, man, I'm pissed. I got that. You're gonna look at it and think about something else. You know? But I mean, so, I, know, maybe one day, but so I got that not. one. And I remember the first tattoo. So I did walk-ins, like you said. There was this place in Williamsport called Totem Tattoo, and every Saturdays it's just walk-in only. There's no appointment. They open at noon, and so we had to get there at like 7 a.m. because a line formed. And so I went there with one of my buddies who wanted to get a tattoo as well. And we just swung through Dunkin' Donuts, got breakfast and coffee, and then just sat on the side of the street in Williamsport for like five hours until this place opened. Just people watching and all that stuff. So that's a cool memory too, just because it wasn't like I didn't walk in and walk out. I had like a whole event for the day. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the, like when I got that thirteen dollar tattoo on Friday thirteenth, I yeah. went with one of my coworkers, like super randomly. I was like, "Yo, man, this shop's having it." He had like couple tattoos and I was like do you want to go with me he's like yeah sure whatever like sounds fun right. and we went there and it took forever like there's so many people there which we should have figured you know you can never get $13 tattoos and you know oh, when it's funny like a lot of people yeah. collect that kind of style tattoos like um yeah, it's almost like tattoos. a it's almost like a merit badge you know like they want to get yeah. oh yeah it's just you know filling filling your arm up with or whatever up with you know right. a bunch of cool little funky drawings like that's what you know also fillers like if people have a bunch of or a couple like bigger tattoos sure. um it's like a good like space filler like something a little smaller you know yeah sure oh and actually i got another tattoo today i forgot um on the day of the, the eclipse um in there uh, in the fall oh yeah like uh, one of um, a walk-in appointment kind of deal. 
came out pretty nice. You know, we got a little clips tattoo. And it was on the day, so yeah, that was a good idea. So I got that. My first one's on like the inside of my bicep, which didn't hurt as much. Everyone's like freaking out saying it's gonna hurt so bad, but it really didn't hurt. That. It was just more hot. Like it, it just warm is what I felt. But the second one I got on the inside of my forearm, um, just past my elbow, um, toward my wrist, I got my wedding date in Roman numerals. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that one was, I was never planning on getting a second tattoo. I was just going to be one and done. But then Claire really wanted a tattoo. Uh-huh. And she wouldn't go by herself. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to call your bluff. Like, you really, yeah, you really want one? Like, let's go. I'll get one too. I had no idea what I was going to get, so I just kind of just came up with it because yeah. I didn't want to get, I don't know, like not to yeah. make fun of yours. I didn't want a peace sign. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted yeah. something that was no, yeah. like that. So that was the second one, and that one was funny because just knowing a little bit more what I was getting into, it wasn't so much of a, like, I was like, yeah. I was like, not freaked out on the first one, but yeah, dude, the sound of that gun, just like, yeah. and you have no idea what it's going to feel like, and yeah, just that sure. anticipation, so it was more enjoyable the second time, but yeah. it was funny to sit and watch, because we we're sitting on the curb, and people come yeah. in, dude, no lie, this guy came in with an imprint of his guinea pig paw, and wanted it, like, in a heart, or somebody stands in line for, like, four hours, and they want... A Bob oh. Dylan quote, and they're like, "Oh, it's gonna be two hundred bucks," and they're like, "Oh no, man, man, that's too expensive." And the tattoo artist really looks at him, and he's like, "You're wearing fucking three hundred dollars shoes," and they just like call people out, like they just savage. They don't care. So it's always a fun time just around the tattoo parlor. Yeah, people watching the channel is great, but there's specific places where it's better. Yeah, like bars at. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're not, yeah, also leaving the bar at seven thirty morning. Good one. Not going to work, but yeah, yeah. So that's another thing I want to talk to you about is your work, and it's something I've always wondered and never really talked to you about is the fact that you that you chose the profession you did. You're you're a mechanic. Um, I don't know if that's the correct term or if you prefer yeah, something sure. else, but I mean, auto technician, mechanic, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. So I just never remember. It was like all of a sudden you were into cars and you just chose to do that. And there was something that you and I didn't really talk about in our friendship that you were into. That. I remember you had the, the Carada that you were fixing up yeah, and, and trying to race. But then, so what brought you to, to being an auto technician? Um, so really, uh, like a group of my friends in high school were into Volkswagens. You know, for some reason, we got drawn to that sort of car early now. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, cars are awesome. Like, I want to go fast. So, you know, I started, I got that Volkswagen Grotto from this guy. Another really horrible decision, but looking back on it, it taught me a ton of stuff, you know, um, and really got me into the profession that I, I'm in now, um, you know, and High school was coming to an end, and I was like, oh, man, what the heck am I going to do? I don't want to go to college. Like, I was horrible at school. Well, not horrible, but I didn't try very hard in school. You know, I skipped lots of classes. You know, I had fun, which is okay. But, uh, so, you know, I remember I was in one of my classes senior year, and 
um, this book textural school came up and uh, their presentation and stuff about their automotive program. And I was like, oh, you know, I guess I never really give that a thought. Um, you know, it's not like going to a regular college. Like I was always, a, I've always been a hands-on person, uh, so even learning-wise. And uh, so I decided to give it a shot, and I went to Northampton Community College in their automotive program, which was not the place that did uh, the presentation, but uh, it was cheaper and it was close to home, and you know, kind of went from there. Uh, it was always going to be a good, a good industry to go into. Everybody has cars, you know. Everybody's oh, yeah. cars break. You know, they got to get service. You know, so you know, stable work. You know? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, then it's pretty much progressed from there. You know, I went, went to college, got some internships and stuff. I worked at um, my first real mechanic job was at this place in Arthur, Pennsylvania. Um, it was just me and my boss, and we had a helper every now and again. Um, you know, I was still, you know, into cars. I started getting into Subarus more, and more of the, like, the racing side of things, and performance, and I was learning a lot, and I started uh, rally-crossing my Super Impreza, which was super fun, and that got me more into the Subaru side of things, and I was always a first car from Super young age, I always knew I wanted to move back to Vermont. Pretty much Vermont's number one car is a Subaru. So I was like, oh, that'd be great if I could get into the Subaru dealership. You know, that'd be a good end to come up to Vermont. Um, you know, I've always been crazy about skiing and stuff and outdoorsy. And I was starting to, you know, lose the, the, I want to say the enthusiasm of like being a car, like a typical car. You know, like, I like being a mechanic, you know, I was you know, getting better at it, I was learning a lot, um, it was good work, you know, it's always going to be a job in that, so I got a job at Buffalo Street, definitely, you know, that's a great job at this that place, so it's probably one of my more favorable jobs, you know, and led me up to great state of Vermont. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, Vermont, whole another conversation. I came up to visit you and Jake when he lived up there. It was awesome. I'd never been before. It's like, well, Burlington was cool because in one place, there's like cycling, there's a lake for any sort of water activity. Huge lake, huge lake. That's one thing I, yeah. when I moved up here, I was, didn't really realize. And like, well, I, 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 I moved up here for the mountains and started skiing, but then in the summertime, like, I'm a hundred yards from a insanely big lake that, you know, it's got beautiful sunsets and, you know, go boat fishing, ice fishing in the winter. I went ice fishing, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, never really had thought of, you know, had interest in that, but, you know, it was fun drinking beer outside on a frozen lake. Hell yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Do you think you're up there to stay, or are you going to make your way back to PA one day? Um, definitely not Pennsylvania. I can see going somewhere else. You know, uh, West Coast. I don't, know, I don't really have much of an interest. 
interest in the West Coast as not much as I do in like New England in general. Um, you know, I, I think it's more, I don't who knows? You never know where life is going to bring you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not uh, opposed to ever new opportunities in new places. Like, Maine seems kind of fun. New Hampshire would be fun. You know, I'll probably stay out of like Mass or something like that. Um, just because I'm not an ocean person as opposed right. to a mountain person. Well, yeah, you want to go mountain. Yeah, you got to go mountain. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Can- Canada would be fun. As far as beaches go, uh, we have some clients in Rhode Island. I was in Rhode Island a little bit. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's telling Claire, we gotta go back just for like a beach week or something in Rhode Island instead of going south or north. And that's one thing that's like awesome about, you know, especially New England, is you can have lots of like really great mountains and stuff, and you know, I think I could probably drive five hours and get to the ocean if I really wanted to. You know, it's yeah. not that far. No, it's not that Pretty much everything. There are definitely rural parts of New England, especially in the northeast kingdom of Vermont, northern uh, New Hampshire, especially northern, or pretty much most of Maine is fairly rural. You know, so you can still have the same, you know, lush old growth forests and stuff. But uh, you can have a city like Boston and now the ocean in your backyard. Yeah. Tons of people. Speaking of mountains, before we did this, I threw out on Facebook, hey guys, I'm talking to Paul tonight, who's got questions for Paul? Morgan sent me a question. Oh, man. Um, so he wants to know why you, you're talking about mountains, so it's a good segue. He wants yeah. to know why you hike the mountains instead of using a chairlift. Ah, ah, that's a great question, Morgan. Great question. Um, you know, there's a whole different side. He's talking more about skinning mountains or skinning and backcountry skiing as opposed to going to resorts and stuff. And it's something I've really gotten much more into, especially since I moved up here, just because it's much more uh, prevalent. So for those so, of us those of us that don't ski, what do you mean by skinning? Okay, so okay, so normally people think they're going to a resort and they you know hop buy a ticket, hop on a trailer. So skinning um, is a way of hiking up the mountain without taking your skis off. So, um, pretty much, and uh, I'm going to talk from skiing stance, since that's what I do, and splitboarding, which would be the snowboarder side. It's a little different, but the same, same general idea. So, basically, uh, I have what they call a touring mode on my bindings, and so I put them to my bindings like normal, but I can unclip my heel so um it acts more of like a cross-country ski um you know it's for all three heel and then i put these things called skins climbing skins on top of the are on the base of the ski one side is super tacky and sticky like gluey which i stick to the base and then the other side has a directional fur uh which depending on what type of skin made out of many different types of things, but, you know, it's almost like if you had, like, a cowhide or something, or even, like, a short-haired dog, you know, you feel there's a direction to their fur. So, pretty 
much the fur sticks into the snow crystals and acts like almost like a cross snowshoeing and cross country skiing because it's so glide on skins like cross country trees but you can you know uh, get up steep grade uh, pitches on on snow where you know if you act like you a snowshoe so it's pretty much that um, so you like that over the chairlift why cool so I mean it adds a different part of ski you know it kind of adds a little bit depending on you know where you go or like you know skinning on a resort is very adventurous as opposed to skinning in the back of the tree you know um but so really it adds another side of ski that they don't get they can get spoiled you know being able to rip which is super fun i still do it but it's spoiled just ripping laps with your friends you know you get 10 15 laps and it like runs in a day and super fun but you know you might only get one run skinning so kind of it kind of makes you appreciate your actual downhill a little bit more um but you know it's super serene especially you kind of ski a lot at night and when the headlamp is so quiet and you get the, the star you know you get awesome stars up here and the moon light you don't even see the headlamp where it's just you know there's so much moonlight that it just reflects off the snow and off the trees like the snowy trees ice over trees you know, your eyes obviously adjust, but you know, it's almost like you just see normally, you know, which is awesome. Um, you know, it's just, you know, it's nice to hike around. It's quiet. Yeah, that's cool. You know, away from the crowds and stuff. And just a little different side of speed, you know. So the next section of this, I've been asking you questions the whole time, but this is a, a grouping of questions that I call the RTJ question there. So ask everybody the same sets of questions. Um, and it's interesting to see how the answers change based on the person. So it starts off easy. We've covered a lot of these. So your name is Paul McCarthy. Your age. How old are you? I'm 26. 26. Yeah. And your occupation, you said, was an auto, auto technician, if we go formal. Not a yeah. So that's your occupation, but what would you say your passion is? Um, skiing, man, like, for sure, that's like, you know, definitely the thing. I, you know, my girlfriend's sitting right next to me, so I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say this. <laughs> what? But, um, you know, skiing, and skiing, you know, just, you know, what I, you know, live to do most days, you know, I always say I'm a skier, okay. but uh, I don't know if I'm like, do you want to throw your passion of Amy in there just to get brownie points? Yeah, you're saying? yeah, brownie points for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, how would you describe your life in three words? Well, just because my last couple of days was stressful, but that's not really the best one. Yeah. Um, three words describe my life. 
that. This is kind of a hard one. It is. That to make yeah. it make it thin. No, dude. Three, words, three, three words to describe my life. Yeah, so it could be three individual words, or it could be a phrase. Yeah. Uh, people have done it either way. I mean, I always, you know, would love to have fun. You know, I never try to take life too seriously. And, uh, you know, just to try to be happy. I think those are pretty good, you know, phrases. But those are all over three words. Try to be happy is four. <laughs> so, you want to say, you said simple, happy, simple, be happy, and, um, be content. Simple, happy, and content. Yeah. We call McCarthy's story. Yeah. Well, because if you notice, you said you hadn't listened to Munch Week yet, so you might not call it on. So, I call this Relish the Journey, and then the sub titles life in three words so relish the journey is three words uh, and i ask yeah. everybody's question describe your okay. life in three words so your episode will now be named simple happy and content so those yeah. are your three words great man yeah that sounds perfect so that's how it that's how it ties in yeah so what would you say is your happiest life moment They get harder, so get ready. Okay, well, I think uh, it's a big toss-up. It is. I mean, you know, finally showing a huge like gold mine um, on is definitely, you know, up there. Um, yeah, I mean, I probably have to say that because that's really, you know, up, up until this point. That's definitely uh, one of the, probably the biggest change in my life, you know. Sure. Yeah, what does that I mean? I know you knew people in Vermont, but what was that feeling yeah. of like packing up your car and just driving and you know figuring out as you go? That'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, just scary as nerve wracking. Like I was leaving a job that I liked, and you know, all my friends and stuff were right around me. I had luckily Jim Moore and were awesome, you know, and let me stay at their place for six months until I, you know, got my feet in the ground here and was able to find my own place and a roommate and stuff. Because other than that, too, I didn't know anybody. It was just <laughs> Maxwell and I. And, you know, so, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. It was definitely nerve-wracking, but, you know. Figured it out. Figured it out. <laughs> so, the opposite of that, what would you say has been your lowest life moment so far? Oof. Lowest life moment. Maybe it's not something to me, but that was definitely something on my mind. Um, my mom had breast cancer, and she, you know, was you know, super strong time and, and it was although it was super difficult and emotional for her. You know, that was definitely like probably you know I don't know that, that 
was definitely like a huge, that was a huge stressor, you know, we're all, you know, hoping for, praying for the best, and, which, you know, it did, but that was definitely, you know, one of the, you know, just like helping her get through that. And, yeah, that. And just like seeing her, so, uh, you know, you oh. know, that was such a it's always weird to see your your parents sick, you know, that you'll look up them your whole life and see yeah, them just... it's not yeah. like she was sick, but like, you know, she can tell, I mean, that just takes a huge emotional toll on somebody, you know, and I can't even imagine, you know, having to go through that, and, you know, luckily she's fine now, you know, she's, you know, living her life again, who's past that, all that stuff, but that was definitely, like, super sad. Yeah. So I'm a big believer that a lot of times we focus a lot on those high life moments, the, the big ones, the best ones. But we tend to learn the most from those lower moments. So what would you say? What would you say you took you took from that? You learned from that that lower time? Um, I definitely think that helped me. Uh, Especially as guys, you tend to want to just fix everything, you know? Especially, well, especially yeah, you're a pretty really mechanic. That's what I do. Yeah. It's just, it's so <laughs> yeah. For sure. And that's, so, that's definitely something I try to work on in my daily life. It's like, I always be able to fix everything. But, you know, it's worth a shot. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, if you're big enough hammer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, next question is. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Um, if you're gonna do a job, you gotta do it right the first time. All right. My dad, my dad, my dad always said that to me. Yeah. And uh, that's definitely something that stuck with me, and especially in my career now. You know, he was uh, he was an electrician in, in the Navy when he was. So he had some technical background too, but he's always had that general sense, especially when we were kids. Right. Well, and he he playing, so he definitely had to get it right the first time. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's a good piece of advice. So that's the best 
piece of advice you've received, what would be the best piece of advice that you could give? Um, nah, not to take life that seriously. You know, I think it's hard not to Shake it out. Uh, so now is the point where I've been asking you a bunch. I've put the mic to you, and you have the stage. If there's anything you would like to ask me, it's your turn. Hmm, yeah, I've been kind of sitting on the back of my mind this whole episode. interesting because just well that's what I do for a living that's what my company does so yeah. for me it I don't know how to explain it but it was, I don't know I didn't I didn't stress about it as much because I was very familiar with it yeah. and what I had to keep reminding myself was that Claire was not that familiar with it <clears throat> so to not just steam yeah. steamroll over her feelings or just you know making sure that I wasn't just taking things for granted and I wanted to yeah. involve her in the process because for me it was just Oh yeah, we're gonna do, we're gonna do this, you know. But yeah. so it's I mean it's a lot of details. We had a unique situation where our house, um, since I work for a modular home company, you know the houses can be put together and taken apart again. So the house we live in now was actually a model home of my company. So it's oh, it's it stood built outside of my my company's factory for a while. And then we were looking to move it off and put new models up. And it was right at the time when we found out Claire was pregnant. And so kind of volunteered and said, yeah, I think I'd like to build that. And so found a piece of land, bought the land, put a foundation in. You know, we were able to make some tweaks to the house, which was cool because it was already built. So with it being, yeah, with it being modular, I mean, it was already there. I mean, flooring was picked, cabinets were picked. There were a lot of things, but I wasn't making every single selection. But it's a Cape Cod style house, so the second floor was unfinished. So the second floor is where we got to take some creative liberties and I've added some things onto the house structurally and things to make it our own. So what's I think the coolest part about it is just when you do like you live here now, 
we're the first people that live here. So it's like, I don't know, there's something cool about that where the other house we had, you know, other people lived there before. And so there, yeah. there's other choices. You're looking at wall colors or flooring, and you're like, well, I didn't pick that. Next time I pick this, next time I pick that. Well, this was our next time where we got to go and say, I'd like to do it this way. So yeah. it was cool. It was like the thought of living in an old house, you know? Yeah. Although it's probably like a thing because, you know, everything's old, so you got to fix it all the time. But well, they definitely, you know, have, definitely have character. Yeah, yeah. If I was gonna next time we build a house, we definitely won't do it when Claire is eight months pregnant. Yeah, because that was a, that was a stress that we did not need. Levels. Yeah, so if we do it again, we won't we won't we'll try not to be pregnant again. Well, yeah, yeah. It happens. So overall, I mean, the process was awesome. It was very exciting. Um, it's a little stressful when you're juggling money around building a house and selling another house and then we actually sold our first house sooner than we thought so we had to find an apartment to live in while we finished building the house so you know, while we at, you know with the dog and while we're pregnant and just so it was it was a very eventful time yeah. in our life but now it's yeah. great now we can kind of forget about it yeah, settled crap stuff yeah absolutely so it's nice to just have more room to spread out and really put some roots down because this is definitely a long-term home. The other house we bought and we knew what it was going to be, you know, with our starter house. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Cool, man. Well, um, yeah. So what kind of car do you drive these days? Dude, I stole the Fiesta. No way. You yeah. still have that thing? Stole the Fiesta. She's going good. I've got... How many miles are there? Uh, like 96,000 miles. Because that's the same... Yeah, the same white little turd. It's been called a white little turd. It's been called a vagina on wheels. It's been called, you know, a clown car. It is not a manly vehicle. But hey, man, I'm so I'm still, hey, there's no AMB at like 40 miles per gallon. So and the car seat just fits in the back seat if I put the passenger seat all the way forward. That's okay. Um. So, no, we're definitely looking at I just paid it off, actually. Nice. Yeah, I just so, paid my car off a little bit, too. Yeah, it's a good one. Well, well, thanks to that. Yeah, it's a good feeling. So, I have it paid off now and with the baby and the dog. And, uh, you know, we have Claire's car is a Kia Sportage. Yeah. So, it's a smaller SUV. So, it's a Subaru Sensor. Well, I actually. They just, get, they just came into the deal. Well, we, uh, we had one. We had one. So you call it the Subaru the, Sense, you're saying? Ascent, yeah, you're saying? Yeah, the Ascent. Okay, that's what I was going to say. The Ascent's yeah. got the third row. I was, yeah, I had been looking at that online. Well, that's I didn't, super nice. I didn't get a, they came to one with the dealership with one. And uh, I wasn't there that day. So I was kind of bummed about it. I really want to see it. I think it's just awesome. I want to see it too because a lot, I feel like a lot it's of it. Captain, it's got captain seats in the middle. I feel like a lot of the SUVs, man, you can pay like 60 grand. It's basically just a car on bigger wheels. I mean, it's going to have price tag for sure, but, but not that much. Yeah, so I definitely want to check this out. I'm in no rush. Yeah. I want to have uh, just one car payment, not two for a little bit. So, oh, yeah. Got college yeah, to save really for. for that. <laughs> so, yeah. So now I'm still driving the, the party, the Ford, the Ford party. Oh, man. Uh, 
So, uh, I mean, tell me, like, a little, like, what, uh, what else do you do? Man? Like, you know, obviously that's podcasting going on. I mean, uh, how's the, the Mason do? Mason? Uh, he's the happiest little kid, which is great. I mean, he really only cries when he's hungry or tired or needs a diaper change. Horror stories of parents with kids with colic that are just like screaming all the time. Um, that's not him. So he, yeah, that's great. It's being a parent is the absolute craziest thing to try to put into words. And yeah, but it's just the greatest feeling when you're sitting there reading a story, you're playing with them, and he just breaks out into a giggle or looks at you, and his, his eyes start sparkling, and he just gives you a huge gummy smile because he's got no teeth, and it's just it yeah, yeah. just just melts yeah. us. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, so he's good. I mean, so what do I do, man? I, I work my ass off. I come home and it's you know, uh, yeah. bottle yeah. story bath. You know, like it's just his routine. Yeah. He goes down, eat dinner, hang out with Claire for a little bit, go to bed, hit repeat. So the podcast has become it sound, my. It doesn't sound like the worst. No, it's not. It's not bad. It's just it is. It is very regimented no, no, though. Yeah, with like yeah. their schedules, yeah. sleep's very important at the stage. And all that's kind of nice though. Yeah, we like it. And so on the yeah. weekends, we, you know, we like to take him now, like get him outside now. Whether yeah. it's nice, go for walks or hikes, and take Josie to the park, and you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the dog doing? She's doing she's great. How old? How old is she now? Uh, she's a little over. Well, she's two years. I think more just a little over two years, yeah. So, and she she's really good with him, which is good. She yeah. just she just licks him. She probably lick him nonstop if you let her. <laughs> Smelly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, what uh, what do you think your favorite Stones memory was? Favorite Stones memory. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, I was, our camp house was the most fun I thought, but, I don't know, like, what? Camp house was definitely fun. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're a manager or something, I don't know. Being a manager is fun. Um, man. It's hard to pick one memory, just because there's, I'd probably pick a, a fun memory from each, like, year, each or summer. Fun, you know, like, I think, like, remember when we launched that water balloon in that kid's face? Oh, man. Was that was that for me? Was that Dan? I don't know. But I don't think it was that. I remember that, that kid. Hilarious. So okay, to explain to everybody, Morgan, who you all met on episodes four and five of this thing, had a water balloon launch that they brought back from the beach in South Carolina or something like that. And so we just launched water balloons at whatever we could, whenever we could, and yeah. it was was a Fourth of July. That I think it must have been. So, because we had a water balloon toss and there were a bunch of leftovers and we were shooting water balloons and all these little kids were like, oh, I want to catch them. And we're like, kids, like, you shouldn't, yeah, we're saying, as kids, saying, now kids, now, you young children, you shouldn't do that. These are not for you. Because these things would, like, fly. Like, 40 miles an hour. I don't know. And this kid wanted, he lined up to catch one. He took it full force in the face. And oh, I'm pretty sure his legs just completely down. left the ground. Boom. And then he was down. That was crazy. 
I would say though, favorite favorite memory I would have to say would just be swimming there, like the swim team, yeah. all the swim team stuff. It was always fun, you know. It was summer leagues, wasn't super serious. It was just all of us, our big group of friends, sitting yeah. on our towels by the blocks, listening to our circle. yeah, listening to our MP3 players, and, yeah, you know, wondering with our teenagers, yeah, wondering who likes who this week and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. yeah, that was that was great. It was yeah, really a great awesome. place to grow up. Yeah. Like sure. riding our bikes there and stuff. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. I don't know why I was so don't know why I was so sad. Dude, I don't know. I mean, yeah, me either. <laughs> we had nothing to be sad about, but we were just feeling so much. <laughs> we just had to put it down somewhere. Had to. Put it in the, put it in the hands of music. Right. What else? This is the, the only person that's really taking advantage of yeah, this interview yeah. portion. Uh, Normally, some people ask one question, you're going for it. Like going it. for it, yeah. I mean, you gotta get the footy for the boys, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know what else, though. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, yeah, to chat. Yeah, like super fun. Yeah, I, I'm glad I, you like it. I just looked at my phone like, a couple minutes ago and, like, I did not think I'd be able to talk this long. I know. It's, it, it goes, it just it goes, goes fast. It goes fast. It does. Yeah. I can understand how Morgan can talk for three hours. Well, we started whatever. getting in on the wine project too. And so it's just oh, going to yeah. how that came about. That's awesome, dude. Shout out to Morgan there. It's the wine project. Yeah. Like, that was, that place is awesome. Like, well, now that uh, you've done your interview and you, you know, you don't have to hold back, you should go back and listen to it and get it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to now. Like, I have to. I'm going to Pennsylvania this weekend, so I'm gonna have seven hours to kill in the car. There you go. So, boom, right there. Boom, you can listen to all of them. Yeah, I probably could. All right, well, be sure to subscribe and give me a five star rating. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Well, thanks again. I'll let you let you go. Yeah, man, it was so much fun. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll count again someday. Maybe. Maybe. Know. maybe yeah. If it goes on long enough, you can get it up. Go back to yeah. Where are they now? The first 25. Yeah. And that'll do it for another episode of Relish the Journey. Thank you to everyone out there listening. Be sure to follow Relish the Journey on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RTJ Podcast. Let me know what you think of each episode using hashtag RTJPodcast. And if you'd like to email me directly to get on the show or to give me ideas for future questions to ask my guests, you can email me at miles.rtjpodcast at gmail.com. And that's miles with a Y. Until next time, I hope you all relish the journey.